and we'll have the recording and I'll upload it. I'll probably upload it in unedited. So, you know, if you want, if you don't want your picture to be out there on the, in the world, you might want to turn your video camera off. But uh, I ain't scared. As long as they don't match it up with the one I've got at the post office, I'm good to go. But uh, I'll make that available to everybody. And I'll probably have that one done before I do the other ones because I'm probably not going to do much editing on it. Uh, anybody got any questions or something to say real quick on something else they'd maybe like to have added? And I'll pencil it on my little notepad here. All right. We're going we're gonna to truck on down the road. All right. So where am I or where are we at today? You know, we've, uh, our school here is a, is a ninth through 12th grade vocational center where students are, and that's probably not the right term anymore, where students are fed in from about five schools. I've sent emails to about 95% of the students, and I've got returns back where I can validate that that email is good from about 65% of them. Uh, about 30% of all the ones that I've got out of my total students have logged into the learning management system. Okay, and they've actually finished some of the assignments. About 50% of them, of my overall students, have logged in, but they haven't done anything. Some of them have even logged in and then sent me messages later with their parents saying, how do I log in? Or you haven't told me where the classroom is at. So there's a little bit of confusion, I think, going on on multiple sides for sure. Let's go in the chat box there. Go back here. Uh, communicating is still the biggest challenge for me as far as getting in touch with them. You know, we're using an app. If you're not familiar with it, there's a website called Remind.com where you can have students join to a specific class or specific group, and then they can send text messages back and forth. Now, I'm not sure how that works, whether that's suitable, you know, outside of the U.S. or not. But I do know that there's also an email function where students that just have email but not a phone can still get those messages. But it's called remind.com. And uh, I've got about probably about two thirds of my students on there. I set up a remind group. I set up a Facebook group for the class. Sorry about that. Set up a Facebook group, which is private, you know, so nobody else can see. <clears throat> and then I've got the learning management system that I'm enrolling them in. Uh, but communicating with them is still the biggest challenge. You know, I may send an email out and I don't get anything back for a day. You know, I may send a text message out through Remind and I still don't get anything back for a day. But I know that when, when my kids were, were living at home, I had their direct number and they didn't respond back to me for a day sometimes. Anybody else got any, anything they want to add about where they're at today? We've got a, you know, got quite, we got 26 people on, but I've got all the afternoon talk about welding and welding training. Anybody? Uh, I've got, uh, when I, when, before we went out on this, we knew we were going to be doing this stuff for Corona. I had every kid in my class give me a working email address. Okay. That way I don't have to worry about mom or dads. I've got theirs. Yeah. And, uh, as of right now, uh, I'm going to say probably 
with like you, I've got 65 to 70% of the students answering me when I send them an email. Uh, I had to send one out last night threatening them with an F if they didn't reply. I got a whole lot of replies right, right away. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I actually put a, we, we use a, a system for assignments for our students uh, called PowerSchool. And I actually put in an assignment there for communication. And after, after this week, then that'll be a, it'll be a zero or a 10, one or the other. So there's, you know, there's definitely some challenges. Uh, and yeah, that's a whole nother subject we can talk on about the grades because that, that's one of the questions that we'll address it later as far as whether we're grading people or anything like that. Anybody else have something to say? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I'm in the Philadelphia School District and uh, they're not requiring uh, grades. So it's like, if, but my students, I know them very well. If they don't get a grade, they won't do any work. So um, I, I'm at a loss of what to do. With, and then for three, let's see, from, from September to February, we were in a classroom setting only for the most part because our school had asbestos, so we had to relocate. So my students had a bunch of uh, theory already, so they're very tired of theory and safety. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, and I think you posted that on that form, and that's one of the questions that I've actually got that we're going to go over through from information from the form is about the grading. So I'm, I'm glad you made it. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you on part of that from my last semester before we had the COVID, though. We had a the teacher that was here before got ill. So my students had been in the classroom for two months before I ever got hired on as a teacher. So needless to say, they didn't want to sit in there and listen to me talk about any welding theory anymore. They were ready to go out and make fire. Anybody else want to share kind of where they're at right now? Yeah, I got something. Yes. Um, we're using Google Classroom and I got all my students to sign into Google Classroom, but I'm only getting like 10% doing assignments. Okay. And it's like, I'm, my hands are tied because we're not grading either. We're doing either a credit or non-credit thing. Um, so I think this week started that that part of the process, but I'm really not getting anything back from the kids. Okay. And uh, I'm just wondering, maybe my lessons are, I don't know, too confusing. Like I, I think I told you last meeting, I'm videotaping everything and yeah. and I'm using the Google form at the end and having them fill out the questionnaires or you know the Google form at the end. Uh, to answer the questions that I want answered for that specific video, and uh, I'm still not getting anything back. Yeah. But uh, at least with the Google form, I can document who is and who isn't doing anything. So when it comes down to it, somebody's going to have to uh, figure out what's going on with that. Yeah. We're using uh, Open Well, Open Book from Miller Wells. Yeah. That's a free program. It's got uh, anywhere from a five minute. Uh, PowerPoint type presentation with a quiz at the end to, I think the longest one I've seen is like 20 minutes. <clears throat> and uh, they're assigned one of those a day or two of those a day. They have to answer the quiz at the end. That's their grade. Yeah, the Miller Open Book is a really, really great way. You know, one of the, one of the responses that people had on the forum that were kind of, oops, were kind of a, a, a large percentage of the responses was about whether they had anything set up online. The Miller Open Book is one of the things we've talked about over the past two or three meetings that is really quick, down, and dirty. So when this meeting is kind of over, begins to wind down, if somebody's interested in seeing how an open book works, I'll be, I'm will be i not an expert on it, but I'll be glad to show you what it looks like from, a, from my point of view. I can share my screen with it. Anybody else want to kind of share uh, where they're at with their class and what they're doing? 
Well, I, I got one more thing. I, I, AWS did get a hold of me. Um, supposedly all my students are registered, but I never received the, uh, anything to go online myself to see what's going on with it. And I talked to the guy and left him an email. Um, I checked all my folders, my spam, my junk, and my all mail folders, and I can't find whatever that link is to get to the site. So okay. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to email him again today and see if, uh, I can get an answer back on that. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in the department. I'm sure it's pretty, pretty tied up. But there's actually some folks here today that are probably listening to your message right now. Yeah. AWS may send you a chat message or something like that, may be able to help you out. I think I've got it set where you can chat to each other. I don't think I see them. But uh, if nothing else, you know, you can you can just put it in the public chat and maybe they can get you helped out. I know that, uh, you know, that's one of the things we've talked about doing is, is having a presentation that kind of shows how the AWS online stuff works and how to get signed up for it. It's uh, it's one of the things I've got on my radar if I can make it happen. And yeah, I know you sent the supposedly you said all my students are you know set up for it, um, but I can't even get my students to answer me back. Did you receive the AWS email? It's like pulling teeth here. Yeah, that that was a whole other bit of different bit of magic right there for sure. All right, anybody else? Yeah, I've, I've had uh, a lot of success with uh, Google Voice, texting through Google Voice. Okay. Um, with everybody is, you know, used to texting as they are nowadays, I've had almost all of my students respond to me, and that way I kind of have a direct line to their cell phone, and, you know, I'm not giving out my, my number. Yeah, so. yeah that's kind of the way the, uh, the Remind app works, but I don't think you, can, you can't do voice calls with it. You know, you can just do the... The text messages, I think. But yeah, I use Google Voice uh, also myself for some other things. Matter of fact, every time I get a spam call, I call them back with my Google Voice number. See if I can talk to them about my insurance or whatever. Anybody else got anything to, to, to share with what they're doing? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click on through. I quit clicking too many times. So the thing we're going to talk about is the topics from the forum. Sorry about that. So one of the, one of the things that somebody mentioned as far as a, just a general statement as far as welding education and teaching is anchoring. Okay. So that's kind of, that's a hands-on type topic, but it is also one that I think we could help students with uh, as far as make a video for them. To, to talk about the different methods to do, you know, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later as far as how to teach non, you know, non-theory projects, products, or can't even talk, non-theory applications online. You know, obviously we've got some limitations for that, but anchoring is one of them. That's one of the ones where I could take a MIG gun, a TIG torch, an electrode holder, and show my students better ways to get comfortable. Even though I've shown them out there in the shop, numerous times uh, I could show them how to get comfortable you know there's no right way wrong way to hold a MIG gun a TIG rig or none of that stuff okay we can all hold it a lot of different ways to do different things but there are ways to start at the beginning just like when we taught our kids how to ride a bike we told them specific ways to put their hands on the handlebars as they got better and better they riding down the road with both hands in there like they didn't care so you know those those things happen so that's definitely something we're going to talk about a little bit and if anybody's got any ideas right now on something that they're doing, uh, you know, we can go ahead and share it. And if not, I'll move on to the next one. 
make sure I'm sharing the right screen. Maybe if I shared the right screen, this would get better for y'all. Does that look different? Okay, so the next thing, someone had mentioned on the form uh, a product called, or a, an online site called Edpuzzle. And we've talked about that in some of the previous meetings, but from what I can gather from looking at it, you can take existing videos and put some interactive content in there with them. So this is a link to their site. There's quite a bit of teaching stuff on there. You can sign up for free. I don't think they have any examples. Is somebody here familiar with Edpuzzle at all that's used it pretty regular and maybe have a sample they can share and I can make you a presenter? I used it once, uh, Gerald, and um, I, 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 what it is is you got you to gotta sit and watch the video. And then you can pause the video and type your question in the video. And like, you know, cause I mean, whenever you show students videos, you're supposed to have, uh, they should have a sheet beside them anyway, so they can answer questions or, yeah. or you know, um, be um, interactive with the video so they're not sleeping. So I, I made one, I don't know where it's at. I had to find it and when I find it, I can just, you know, email it out. Okay. Anybody else use it and then maybe have a sample to share? I've just been starting to use it, and um, and I do have a pay. Uh, if you can share my screen, um, that uh, I've looked up. There's a lot of welding content on it. Welding videos. Christmas Schindmacher maker. Yes. Let me let me give it to you. Just say pine. <laughs> okay. Let me. I'm gonna go ahead and make you the host. For just okay. And you should be getting a message that your host. All right. And I appreciate everybody coming. You know, sometimes these things are not uh, well old machines, and sometimes I like just going with the flow. Uh, if anybody ever, <laughs> we're used to that. And, you know, it's presenting with uh, every week with our students. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good practice to come here and mess up. <laughs> yeah, we know. I haven't gotten a message about uh, sharing yet. Matter of fact, it looks like your video went off. So let me reclaim host. I'm gonna click on the more button, and I'm gonna make you host. Okay. It's not. I don't have a uh, a video, but I have a screen to share. Okay. Let me see. So I tell you what. Let me see if I can. Post disabled participant screen sharing. Okay. Yeah, if you can um, help me share my screen. That's the, that's the setting I can't get to on our, uh, our school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can make okay. you post, but I can't, let you, I can't let you share your screen for some reason. Oh, okay. Well, that unfortunately doesn't work. But Let's try um, if you go to Edpuzzle, um, what I do is, uh, one, you know, because I'm registered now, I, I just, there's on the left-hand side of the screen, um, there's uh, there's a uh, kind of a, a what is it topic heading called um, popular channels yeah. and so they have Edpuzzle, YouTube, Khan Academy, National Geographic. They've got TED Talks, blah blah blah. Um, 
And they've got something that's called Crash Course, which is great uh, for you know basic science stuff. If you're if uh, your kids are struggling with some of the concepts about electricity or math or whatever, um, that's a good one, Crash Course. But if you've just done the basic Ed Puzzle channel, um, if you search for welding, um, I I am looking at about oh yeah, this is going on. Um, there's a ton of them. There's, there's more than 60 I'm seeing right now. And a lot of them are YouTube stuff. Um, so it really, you know, I don't know what sort of interactivity they each have. I don't know. I'm not sure if they do, but, um, but there's just a lot of con content. So it's definitely, it's definitely a resource for us to look into. Also, yeah. that box, uh, there was a post made about another one, uh, another content maker. What was it? Puzzle maker from Dan Turner. So that might be something. Let me just go ahead and try it, and we'll just see what it looks like real quick. Okay, so is it mainly for crossword puzzles, things like that, Dan? Hey, Gerald. Um, yeah, this is a site I've used quite a bit. Okay. Uh, and it's a very, very simple, um, simple program. Cool. If you uh, if you want me to share my screen, uh, I can share it. I have it up. Yeah, let me make you let me make you host, and we'll see if that works on your. You don't have to make me a host. Just unshare your screen, and I'll share my screen. Let's see what we got here. Let's see how that works. Oh, you oh wait, you disabled uh, participant screen sharing on your Zoom. I I didn't. The admin did. It's not my Zoom anymore, so I don't. I can't see where I can change it. Let me hit the advanced button here. I think there might be a button next to share screen where you can click on allow multiple participants to share. Yeah, there's right. Yeah, mine just says basic and then when I hit advanced. Let me right, look. If you hit the more button also, sometimes you could uh, uncheck that also. Yeah. No, so the only two options is my optimized screen and, and then when I hit advanced, it's just content from second camera. Well. But anyway, I can talk through you. I can make you host. Okay. That's that's pretty easy to do, I think. All right. Did you get that message, Dan? Um, let me get back to the Zoom. Um, I did not get a message. Okay, it'll stop. Yes. So I will share my screen now. Um, there. And share. There we there. go. You see me? Yep. Okay, this one's really a really great site that I have used uh, when I was teaching high school. I used it all the time. Um, but let's just go for the word search, for example. Uh, you enter the word title search here. Uh, so let's just call it welding. Um, and I, of course, I misspell it every time. Uh, and then this will allow you the sizing of it. So you could increase it, decrease it. Um, and then uh, you can choose whether uh, the, the words that you put in share letters, don't share letters, and then share occasionally, whatever, and then the format you want it in is step four. So you can go right down the list. Uh, and I generally hit the, the text button just because it's easier to print. And then you enter your words. You have to read this. It says separate by commas, spaces, or type of word for each line. Um, so if I just put like... Um, uh, uh, electrode, uh, comma, and then amps, comma, volts, comma, arc, 
uh, gap. And let's just say I just kept those words. Now, these the ones like our gap that are two words, if you put a space in between those two words, they will separate them. So you have to enter it in as one word. And so you have to put your right uh, mind around it. So if I hit create puzzle, there's my puzzle right there. And then um, there is, you can print this page button right there. Um, and then there is, there's too much stuff on my screen. There is a way that has a key to this that generally will send you a key also. Oh, um, uh, so this is just this is a 15 by 15 puzzle and then that's just that's just the um, that's just the word search um, some of the other options the crisscross this is your um, this is your um, ah, shoot what the word I'm looking for crossword puzzle yeah. uh, so you have to enter that in and then um, let's just say let's type this in let's call it welding and let's say, uh, what is the distance uh, between the elect So if I just say that now, I could hit a comma and I just put arc. Cool. Like arc gap, that'd be one. Then my next one. So if I just go create my puzzle, it will just, it will start doing that and it'll actually create a word search for you. Cool. So right. it's a really simple site. Um, and so you can, um, I, there we go. Uh, it's a really simple site to use. Um, and, um, and you can do pretty much what uh, all the different ones and it'll give you a little picture off to the right of what each one's gonna look like. Um, and so that, um, this is just a really simple little page that I have, uh, that I've used in the past. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and take the host back. Yeah, go right ahead. I appreciate that. Like I said, it, you know, there's so many things out there that we can use, but getting, you know, getting them in our, in our quiver ready to pull out is, is take some practice, you know, we got to be aware of them. So that's kind of yeah. what here for sure and i and i was gonna say once uh people start making these puzzles you could cut and paste them or copy them if you had if you had a repository where people could just put uh the puzzles they've made somewhere so everybody could use them i think that'd be a good idea too yeah. all right let me get her back going again All right, so the other one was Vital Source. I'm not going to go ahead and look at it, but there's, there is a link. And if you want to copy the PowerPoint, I'll send it to you or I'll make it available. And there's also a link on, a, I've got a links page on weldinginstructor.org that I think has it on there. But it looked like a repository of, of textbooks that could be purchased. Someone had told me about it on the form. So uh, is there somebody familiar with it that's actually used Vital Source? Uh, hi, Lisa here. I've used Vital Source. And uh, what, what I like about it is that it, the, the textbooks are actually free through uh, May 25th and they may be, uh, that may be extended. So you can, um, you can actually check it out like a library and you're, so you'll have a digital repository of, you know, your textbook might be on there. 
Um, and then there's a lot of other uh, welding textbooks or just in, you know interest books um, that you can you can use. And then I've I've shared my screen um, on my Zoom meetings, um, both with my text and with other books, uh, so that students can see them. Uh, you know, it's, you know, and we can read along together. Okay. And again, it's free until uh, May. You can check them out until May twenty uh, fifth. How are, how is it the the you talked about getting your students together and reading along together? Has it been pretty easy for you to get everybody to synchronize and come to that one meeting? That is the tough one. I'm having the same experience that everybody else is describing where you get, you know, uh, maybe 10 to 30% of your students uh, at one point. Um, and then I, I also uh, record the lectures, of course. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't have a way to see how, if people have been looking at that or not. So I don't know to what extent that people are doing it on, at a different time. Um, it's tough with, you know, with the students that have, you know, complicated lives, just like us, they're taking care of kids, you know, people just don't have the time that they used to. And uh, then I'm not at the same time. So I think that's a huge part of it, you know, more, more so than um, just students not wanting to show up, I hope. You know, one of the tools that, uh, that Dan mentioned there is Kahoot. I use Kahoot in the classroom. And I'll also probably use it for this. I use another thing called Poll Everywhere, but there's some things where you can do, you know, uh, quizzes or competitions in real time. Again, the difficulty is getting everybody on there in the real time for sure. Uh, another, another thing, a standard for online work and getting them ready for the shop. You know, I think what, what the question was about was, you know, how much do we teach them? How do we make sure that they know it before we could just say, okay, go in the shop? You know, for me, the good thing about it is I've done enough and they've been in the shop already. But let's just say this were to carry on into next year, which, you know, I don't think it will, but I'm not an expert. That, that would be a, that would be a serious consideration is, you know, how much, how much classroom time online is going to be sufficient to say, we're going to go out and shop. In my opinion, it's not, it's not the same as being face to face. You know, I think, I think we'd have to have them in the, in the classroom some and talk about some things. The way I do it is I'll, you know, I may talk about, you know, bench grinder safety. Then we go out and we touch the bench grinder and we talk about it and we see those things in real life. So it'd be a very gradual transition to get over to that. Uh, so that's just kind of, that's my thought on, on, on if that's what that question was about. And it was worded, worded longer than that, but I just kind of put a, a short term in there of, of what I thought it was. So if, if one of you are the person that wrote that, maybe you could re represent the question a little bit better than I did. Or if you kind of understand what I'm talking about, maybe make a comment. Well, with my class, we spend a minimum of two weeks going over nothing but safety. Uh, they get the career, career safe online a uh, 10 hour OSHA program before they're ever allowed into class, yeah. into the lab. Uh, they get bored, that's part of it. And, you know, I explained to them that I've been in industry for going on 43 years now. And even now there's, I still have to go through and do safety refresher courses on stuff that I've known for the last 40 years. Yeah. And it's, Suck it up, boys and girls. That's just the way it is. You're going to do it. If you're going to be in a lab anywhere uh, working or if you're out on a job site, you got to go through it. And 
then we get out in the lab and then we go over each piece of equipment one by one. Nobody gets to operate that piece of equipment until they can prove to me they understand the safety part of it. Yeah. Then, then we weld. All right. Anybody, anybody else? Like I said, we'll move on to the next one. We got a couple present presenters to, to talk maybe, but another one here is teaching too much theory and losing students. Uh, I know that face to face, here in the classroom, that's easy to do. You know, I've, I've got, when I first came into this class, again, they'd already been in the classroom for two months because the other instructor was sick. They were pretty much fed up with classroom time because they'd had a, a substitute in here that couldn't let them go to the shop and also couldn't discuss any of the information with them. Uh, so losing a student face-to-face -face is very, very easy if you just spend too much time in the, in the, in the classroom. So you got, got a delicate balance there. But what, I, what I've done with what's going on now is I, I stress to my students, you know, we're not sure where we're doing on our grades either. So to keep those that are interested in welding active, you know, I let them know that, that I'm a resource for them. If they're really interested in welding, I'm pretty much a lifelong resource. If you, you any of y'all can call me tomorrow and ask me a question and I'll try to talk to you about it. You know, the biggest thing you got to know when you call me is tell me when to shut up. But, but I explained that, that, that their level of interest in what I'm passionate about is going to kind of have a little bit of a relationship on, on what I can do for them in the future as far as helping them learn. You know, we, we talked about having a, a summer welding program. Well, the people that participate in the online activities, if I do get the option, which I've already got it, I had it before the, the COVID-19 to do a summertime welding program with students that were interested. But now that this has happened, the people that are going to get priority to come back and weld in the summer, if I get that opportunity, are going to be the ones that participated in the online activities. Okay, I'm not going to come down here and spend time with somebody just so they can, you know, play with the fire if they weren't interested in the theory stuff that I had to teach. So that's one method that I use to keep from losing the students that are interested. The students that aren't interested, whether they participate or not, in my opinion, they're already lost. You know, they, they don't care about it. So I, I stress that to my students in this way, though, because I do have some that are like that, that if nothing else, this is gonna be extra credit for them. If they do more, they're gonna be able to bump their grade up. It's gonna look better on their overall grades for everything else. Now, I, I tell them I understand you may not be interested in welding, and this is great for you that you don't have to come here and listen to me talk excitedly about welding. So, so that's one of the ways that I kind of handle that among some other things. Anybody else got any comments on that about, about losing students? And you can put them in, you can also put them in the, in the chat if I move too fast. So the next thing is lab time with social distancing pro protocols. Uh, I had spoke, spoken with someone from the Department of Education briefly and kind of asked him to to come in and be great to, to pick his brain. Of course, it'd be just for our state. But, you know, pretty much here, it's no contact allowed. And it's probably going to be no contact allowed till the end of the school year. But if it does come back partially, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have to do something different. You know, I can't see even folks letting kids share welding hoods anymore. You know, I mean, if you get down to the to the level of caution that there is right now, as it as it slowly dwindles down, I can even I can see that being a difficult thing to, to manage in a high school welding class. 
same thing with you know even gloves and jackets and all that kind of stuff you know the 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 level of concern could be way way up but one of the things that i had suggested was you know skipping two or three booths and making sure everybody clean before they came in because i'd like to have my students be able to come in and weld and that was pretty much shot down you know that that wasn't going to happen and i can understand it but you know um unfortunately i'm probably worried more about welding than i am the other stuff that's going on around it anybody else yeah, we uh, came up with a plan uh, for, you know, hopefully social distancing. Actually, we had to, our student, our, we went to uh, that sort of plan um, right before we got shut down completely. And um, one of the things we did was say that, hey, you've just got to have your own equipment. Um, but we know that a lot of students can't afford it. So we were working with our local air gas or, you know, supplier um, to to bring down prices or to make, make a package that they could um, purchase and then also get uh, looking for any uh, scholarship money not, or um, if they were part of a, uh, you know, another program that could assist them with, um, with purchasing things. Um, just doing what we could to, to make that easy and then purchasing, you know, the school purchasing, using emergency money to purchase some of that equipment as well, yeah. um, just so that that could happen. Thank God we have so much UV. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? We, oh, we quick, start, mm, go ahead. We, we started labs up this week. Um, we split the classes in half, so we have less than 10 people. Every other booth, uh, full protective equipment. And then if they want to weld, they set it on a table and I go inspect it. Um, it's just setting up protocol. Yeah. And uh, the, the students are absolutely loving it. Uh, and uh, it's been working out really well. They're very, very receptive to it. If uh, and basically, I said at any point in time where I see anything going wrong, we're shutting the doors because I don't want to lose this. So all the students have been very, very receptive to all the uh, guidelines that we've set out, and uh, they're they're uh, eating up. In fact, right now I'm watching them weld, um, and uh, it's been pretty awesome. Are you teaching high school or? No, no, I'm at a community college. Um, they're all adults. And basically you put out there that uh, if you have been exposed, do not come in. If you think you're sick, do not come in. If you have people at your house that have lowered immune systems or auto autoimmune systems, do not come in. So there's a lot of do nots, but, um, and it basically it's, if you want to come in, it's here. If it's not, then don't come in. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in California. Yeah, somebody just asked where I teach you from. I'm in California, um, and it's a the uh, stay stay in place order. I have it in writing that when it came out, it says instructors that teach areas of essential. Um, it's it's a the stay in place order. The exemptions that they put out on page eleven, the very first one says. Uh, it, or instructors that teach essential uh, areas or in a degree field for essential workers. Um, and so that's, that's what allows us to. And then I took that to our, um, I took that to our district. Um, hey Lisa, uh, that's how I convinced my district is I took it to, I took it to my higher ups. Uh, I approached the chancellor about it. And I have a email from the chancellor said that he was very clear that it's up to the instructor if they want to run labs. Um, so, 
I kind of just did the legwork for it and then showed them all the resources that says this is the exemption allows us to run labs. And then, then nursing, uh, fire, uh, and a bunch of the other ones that have state mandated hours got on the bandwagon. And that's how we got, we convinced everybody to allow it with the social protocoling that uh, social distancing, everybody's pre PPE, everybody has masks on. There's a lot of things that you have to do, but that's how we got it through. Cool. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. And somebody, somebody's got to lead the charge. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, here at the high school level, you know, obviously it's a, it's a school district kind of thing, but, but now I've got something where I can say, you know, if, uh, are doing it in places, even though, even though it's a slight difference, because I think the CTE classes in general are going to be different because of the, the physical interaction that goes on there, be it welding or other ones, there's a lot of touching, smelling, walking, that kind of stuff. Of course, my classroom, for instance, has got 25 desks in it, and they're only about two feet from each other. So, all right, well, that's that's great. Uh, anybody else have something with that? And we're gonna go ahead and move on. Maybe put it in the chat. Uh, love to talk more about it. Someone mentioned the basics of metallurgy. They just made that uh, made that statement. Uh, Weld Ed, uh, which Dan Turner's with. They've got some links on their page. Those are yours, right, Dan? The, that hundred and something page metallurgy PowerPoint? Uh, that is from Welded, that's correct. Um, that was put together with uh, a few of us, Ohio State, Mark Ball from Weber State, uh, Clinton's uh, teach at NDSCS with Joel, um, Monica Farr is part of that. I mean, there's a, there's a big group of us, so yes. Okay, so, and I've got a, and they've got a link. Go check out the WellDead site and check out, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other links. I've got a, a website that I've got a links page on that I'll try to put everything that we have in here, but there's other sources for it. It can kind of be a, a pain to have a whole lot of different places, but then again, it can be an advantage. But uh, I can, I'll put a copy of the link to their actual, it goes through mine, but I'll go ahead and paste it in the, here. So there's one over here that they've got for metallurgy. Put it in the chat box. And you will have, you do have to get a Dropbox account, it looks like, Dan, is that correct? But these are, these are actual editable PowerPoints, so you can take some of the, uh, some of the information out of there that maybe doesn't apply to you, because uh, I know that I can't talk on 100 things of metallurgy. But there's, there's a couple of links, and I think you have to get a, a, an actual Dropbox account to download them, but they're, they're well worth it. Matter of fact, I probably should have just opened them, but then we could have got off topic really quick. Presentation back going here. Uh, what resources others are using? You know, there's a lot of them out there. We've talked about them some. Uh, if you'll post anything that you've got in the chat box, the CT coalitions want to just put up uh, as we go through this presentation. I'll have another page after after the AWS presentation that we'll talk about some of those. So that way we can go ahead and let let AWS make their make their information known. So this is from these are some individuals from the AWS Foundation. I'm going to go ahead and turn the 
turn the presentation control over to whoever tells me first from AWS that they want it. I was assuming it was Mr. Young, but I'm not sure if that's the case. Hi, Gerald. Hi, everybody. You can um, kick her over to me and I'll, I'll run through the little bit of online resources that we've compiled on our end and share those with the group. And once I cut through them, I'll open it up for questions and see if there's anything I can field any any questions or any inquiries. Um, yeah. I'll put my information um, amongst others here from the AWS as well. You can catch me with an email. It's probably the best way to, to get at me, but um, I'm going to try to take over control here and get right, the screen going. There you go. And you know, I'd like to say something, you know, I, I appreciate AWS taking time. They've got a lot of things probably going on right now with, with their education department, everybody down there. And of course, you know, uh, working from remote sites. I really appreciate y'all coming to, to spend some time with me and, and listening through all of us run our mouths about what we care about uh, before we got here. Oh, absolutely. No, Hey, we appreciate all the efforts you guys are doing to keep the students moving forward. I mean, this is definitely quite a feat and I think it's, it's pretty incredible to watch everybody compile resources together and, you know, tackle this, you know, as a team and instead of one person at a time. So it's, it's, it's very impressive to see from our end as well. So thanks for all of your efforts. Um, I don't know if you can see the screen I got up here. Let's see. Can you guys see the, yeah, the screen? We can see it, Joe. Oh, perfect. So um, we put together a website here. Uh, and well, it's a page on careersandwelding.com. If you mosey on over to that, that link there, you'll find there's a, a panel or a little menu bar at the top. It'll drag down to educator resources. And on here, what we have going is a, just a compilation of online resources that can be used in the education environment. Um, AWS safety welding course, we have that up there. You know, if you wanna utilize that, I know kind of Gerald and Monica and I spoke a little bit earlier about where most folks are at with safety. Um, they may be in the lab at this point in time, but there's great information in there. It really does, you know, a good job. I have heard a lot of great feedback from other instructors who are utilizing it currently. Um, if you click on this, this call to action down here for more information, it'll kind of walk you through the process, how to set up your students and move through that entire, um, operation. I am not a guru in that environment, um, but I can, if you reach out to me and you're having troubles, I can field those questions to the right individuals. I'd be happy to do that for you. Um, just note that if you want to obtain the certificate or the PDH hours, you'll have to pay for that. Um, there's a little fee at the end. I'm not sure what that costs. We do have the weld ed modules, um, the joining and cutting process, and the metallurgy up. These links will take you directly to those presentations. Um, and I think I believe you do have to have a Dropbox set up. And those are direct downloads. Great information in there. Uh, if you're just looking for any type of content to source, maybe share with the students, I would highly suggest checking those out. A lot of good information. Of course, we got Miller Open Book. I know many are dabbling in that field. Uh, I've seen great things about it. I've heard great things about it. Uh, if it works for your students in your classroom in the online environment, I think that 
it would be, you know, it'd be worth entertaining, um, checking it out. There's also some additional education materials that they are offering right now, um, like the weld calculator, and I believe there's a few other little literature pieces along the way, and those links will take you right there, and you can kind of parouse that, those offerings from Miller. We have thrown up some video resources, you know, if you're going to try to check some of those out, share them with uh, students. Weld.com, the Fabricator Series, WeldTube, Welding Tips and Tricks, you know, some of this content is, is pretty good. It applies to students. I know, the, you know, Jody and uh, Bob Moffitt, you know, the Weld.com folks, they do a, a pretty good job. You know, they're, they're pretty proactive in some of the content that they put out, you know, is is pretty good and you know obviously in this this time frame you know this type of information can be utilized in some capacity we do have um something that we put together internally at the aws a little fact sheet kind of little tips and tricks to walk you through um the nuances of going to a learning management system how to you know find um information on content and putting it online and just basically just a quick little reference sheet that provides additional information for the online world. I encourage you to check it out. There's some great little links in there, some good information housed on it as well. Um, the CTE coalition we touched on a little bit, that'll take you right there. They're doing a good job. Obviously, you know, Lincoln has some content in there and there's many more building along the ways. Um, and as you know, we discussed throughout this conversation, um, I would like to probably add some of the things that were tossed around here as well. So I'll try to keep this updated and, you know, fresh um, so that those of you who, you know, maybe periodically check to see if anything's come up, you know, this will be a good little resource from us on our end to share with all the instructors out there trying to, you know, combat on the online world. Um, other features on the site, which was really kind of prior to the online sources is we got, you know, when we go back to the classroom, we got some, some posters here you can print out that are ready for print. Um, we got career cards that you can kind of see current information with salary, uh, different types of, um, you know, profiles or highlighted careers that are common in the field. So these are all ready for print. You can download them. They're pretty slick. We got scholarship information up here as well. You can kind of, you know, browse that, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. We have some for educators as well. I'd imagine, you know, hopefully we can see a pile of those coming in and get your guys' applications going. Um, grant opportunities, we can go through and you, you click the link down here, it'll take you to it. Also the photo here, it kind of lets you understand what the rules requirements and how this, you know, you can apply to it. I'm not going to go too far into depth. Um, we have Membership opportunities, you can go into, you know, the nuances of this. If you want to start a student chapter or any of those, you know, those applications, if you need to get in on your, your education institution, if you're considering that, um, there's definitely some, some things to look into and how that can maybe benefit your school and things of that nature. Uh, one last little bit I'd like to kind of touch on is we do have content housed on weldingdigest.com as well. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but there's a lot of information there that's just welding related blogs, articles that just kind of touch on different types of atmospheres. Um, really, we try to publish content for, you know, students, veterans, career changers, parents, 
um, just really to kind of expose welding. Um, so that might be something just to see fresh content. There's videos, blogs, and again, um, some type, you know, some technical information that's, that's published as well. And they're just short little pieces. So it might be worth your time to, to look into that. Um, if you click on the, the very bottom here, these will link out to a content featured on that site as well. So I'm going to switch it back here to Gerald. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything, I don't I've got know. one for you real quick before we move on about, about the scholarships. Has there been any talk of, I want to say with the scholarship, there was some limits on when you had to spend the scholarship money. Is that going to be extended at all? Do you know, or have you guys talked about that, Amy? Um, I know the deadlines for, for putting them in is, is, is over anyway. I think they, you know, we had the one for that, that expired April 15th. Correct. Um, I actually have, I believe, John Douglas and Monica Farr. If you guys want to weigh in and maybe touch on Gerald's comment here. And for, yeah. Hi, this is Monica Farr. I'm not sure. John, I think, had to step off for a 2 o'clock meeting. Um, we have not had any formal discussion yet about extending uh, deadlines uh, for using the scholarships uh, that we will be awarding this spring. However, I'm sure that will be a topic of discussion as we learn more about the length uh, of time that our, that our schools may be indeed uh, out of session and, and, and solely online. So stay tuned. Uh, I'll be sure to give you all an update as soon as uh, we've made any final decisions and, and, and be, uh, be promoting um, that information to all of you. Okay. Oh, that's good. And I've got their, I've got their page up there. So, you know, not everybody may not, may not be familiar with the AWS scholarship program, but it does come out every year. If you're not active with your AWS section in your region, I suggest that you do it. One of the reasons for that is it's a very good way for you to maybe get some students uh, signed up for some scholarships. Okay, and that's at the high school level, the community college level, um, the, the degree program. There's quite a few national scholarships. There are district scholarships that cover a large area with many AWS sections. And then some sections themselves even have their own scholarships. So I strongly suggest that you look into that program. The online application form is right there. Uh, you can start filling them out right there at, at scholarships.aws.org right here in this link. Okay, and here's some district scholarships that have been awarded already for these two districts. Uh, if you want to see what district you're in, there's AWS district and section map that'll let you know and possibly let you know who to contact. And again, as instructors, you may, you know, may already be pretty active in AWS. I'm, I'm hoping that you are, but the scholarship is a great tool for your students. And it's also, there's also opportunities in there for instructors for professional development. Okay, uh, I started the process and then, then got involved with other things in life and forgot all about it and missed my deadline, I believe. But it's, it's well worth your time. Uh, I've got two scholarships in 1990, back to back from the, the district in central Alabama and was able to go to a, you know, MTPT course with Hellyer and Associates and a radiographic film and turf. And then I also took some college classes and realized that I wasn't college material. But I learned something. But we'll go ahead and get back on the presentation. Uh, what other resources everybody using we've done? We've gone through the AWS Foundation. Has anybody got any questions at all about American Weld Society while well, we've got, got those, those folks here spending some time with us? Uh, yeah, Gerald, I sent a question in the chat room for those guys. 
Okay. Because uh, uh, I've had a couple of students. I also teach at a local community college here in Indiana, and I've had a couple of students that have been interested in, uh, after they've done some welding, moving on into uh, a welding engineering program somewhere. Uh, unfortunately, Indiana doesn't have any of that. Uh, you know, and having gone through college, I have a bachelor's degree in management, which does me zero good in a welding program. <clears throat> it just told me that I wasted my money. Uh, but how could we, you know, work through the AWS if possible, if we have a community college that is, uh, approved through an AWS program of some kind that would allow the a community college uh, classes that they've earned and have their associate's degree in being applied to an out-of-state type of welding engineering program, if we could pr promote something like that through the AWS, would that be, I know of a couple of students that that would work for them. <clears throat> is that something AWS is looking at? Yeah, and I, and I can't speak on AWS, but one of the things, you know, the, the few universities that actually have a welding engineering degree, and, and I don't keep up with that much. You know, back years ago, I wanted to be somebody such as that. And, uh, you know, it was Laterno, Colorado School of Mines, and Ohio State University were the only ones that had actual welding engineer degrees. And I'm not sure, you know, who all it is now. But well, Fair State also has one. Fair State, yeah, Fair State. Uh, but, but, you know, those institutions, I think, you know, I don't think that they've got anything on the, on the college level that's kind of like the SENSE program where stuff transfers. I don't think they've got it there, but AWS may know some other, other opportunities for sure. Uh, I know if you go through Hobart Institute of Welding, you can transfer their associate's degree to Ohio State for a welding engineering degree. Yeah, I would imagine you can transfer some of the core, some of the, some of the courses over. Hi, Larry. This is Joe. Um, you know, that's a very great question. Um, I'm not too sure what hand AWS really has in on that type of activity. A lot of times from our experience, it's, it's institution basis. Um, there's usually articulation agreements that are put in place and we're really kind of um, left out of that uh, variable. But um, if you want any information about it, you know, feel free to reach out to us and maybe we can, you know, try to give you a little bit of insight or maybe help you out and, you know, help and point students in the right direction or, you know, maybe any other questions that might come up along the way. Sorry, I hope that helps a little bit, um, but feel well, free to. It does. Uh, you know, I was thinking that if the AWS could approve coursework, that it's consistent across uh, various different co community colleges and things that, uh, then that approved coursework would be a lot more acceptable to a university on a four-year or five-year welding engineering degree if it was an approved program from something that has an AWS backing to it. Yeah, and like I said, that's, a, you know, that's definitely something that some details have to be worked out on. We'll go ahead and move forward. But one of the things that's good about this, if you, know, you guys have now got the ability to contact each other, you know, the, the power in these meetings may not even come in our hour, hour and a half or two hour long discussion as much as it will be the ability to maybe network later and get together. But, you know, if you do find anything out, Larry, let us, you know, share it, share it with us if we have our next meeting or whatever and, and let us know if you find out anything or if AWS, you know, if you guys come up with something. 
we can always break in the middle of a in the middle of a meeting and go from there. Okay, I'll um, do that. Yep. So my next my next topic and it's kind of been covered a little bit already was Welded. Okay, Welded has a weekly meeting. Uh, Dan, are you still here? Anyway, Welded is is a an actual organization as opposed to an individual that threw up some Zoom meetings, and they have a weekly meeting also. And their next one is tomorrow. But if you want to be set up for those and know when those are happening, they've got a Facebook group, and I've got it got it listed right there. <clears throat> they post their meeting links there. Looks like once a week. There's there's quite a few welded educators that are on there already. So that may be a, a resource for you. I'm not sure. You know, Welded has uh, has been around for a little while, and they work closely with AWS and with other other organizations. So they they're they're definitely networked well with what's going on in this industry. Uh, so that may be a, a great resource. So I suggest you maybe take a look. Yeah, there you go. There's a, looks like Jim Stucker just posted the link to WellDead. And that's what I was gonna do right now is do the same thing as just copy my hyperlink. And like I said, we'll just open up the Facebook group real quick. No, looks like my account is temporarily locked now. They must not, they may not like me no more. But anyway, so there's, there's the actual, actual link for their Facebook group. If you just do a search for well dead, you'll get it or somebody will post the link there for it here in just a second. Let's go back one, two. Oh. Next thing is the Welding Instructors Forum. Okay, I've got a, a forum that is pretty basic. I'm not an expert in any of that stuff at weldinginstructors.org. It's the address is forum.weldinginstructors.org. It's a, what's called a PHPBB forum. It's not open to the public. So, you know, the good thing about that is nobody can see what you're posting, what you're asking about. Bad part about it is you do have to register. Uh, it is a good way for us to work on issues as a group in between meetings. But it's also not the only way, okay? If you're an American Welding Society member, the AWS member network is a great resource. They've got an educator section for that in there. Uh, the only people that can actually see that are AWS members. So it's not, if you're not AWS member, you unfortunately can't get on there. Uh, but there's there, you know, many forums out there. I kind of threw this one up to see if people are interested. Uh, it's a way that if somebody's got a question for me, at least I'll, I'll get notified about it within a, you know, within a few hours and I can go and answer it. Uh, you know, post your topics on there. The good thing about using a forum as opposed to this thing that we're doing right now is this. Uh, it's easy for folks to search through it and find information that's already been addressed. Um, you know, there's an old American Wealth Society forum, AWS forum, that is extremely wealthy with knowledge from people that are no longer even with us. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of posts. So having a forum somewhere to communicate is a good way because we can archive that information. But uh, I was actually reaching out to y'all. If there's anybody here that has experience with PHPBB, I could use your help some. If you don't, then it doesn't matter. One of the other questions that I, or one of the other topics we've been talking about was do you need an LMS? Okay, a learning management system. A learning management system by itself, you know, is just a place to put information. Okay, so one of them is Canvas, it's free. Moodle Cloud is another one. It's also free, but there's a limit on how many students you can have. 
Google Classroom, also free, very easy to sign up for. Those three don't have any content. You've got to put your own content in there. Uh, but if, you, if you're interested in doing those, I'll be glad to help with that. Other one is Miller Open Book that we've talked about a little bit. But also reach out to your book publisher. I just got off the phone with Cengage just a little while ago. They sent me links to get set up to use their, their materials. I'm set up with Goodhart Wilcox, and, and the way that the Goodhart Wilcox stuff works is, is pretty nice. Uh, I can actually enroll my students in it if I wanted to, but what I'm going to do is just download some of their materials and share them on my LMS, uh, McGraw-Hill, Pearson. Hey, all of those book publishers, reach out to them because a lot of them have made a lot of their services low to no cost. Uh, even, even the publisher or the people that make some of the software that you can use to make your own content, they have drastically reduced the prices. Okay, there's a, there's a uh, I don't know about Adobe, but there's another one called iSpring Suite that I've started using that normally costs $800 a year. I was able to get it for three months for 19 bucks. So, you know, that's pretty significant. It's pretty powerful software. But anyway, if you need an LMS, uh, I can help. I can, I can even set you up a trial version on one of mine. I use Moodle. If you wanted to try it out and just get in there and say, well, this is too hard. This is too easy. I can hook you up. Okay, I've got multiple websites with Moodle sites set on them that I've used for welding inspection training and stuff like that. The good thing about, uh, you know, some of having access to the book publishers is some of them will release their content. It's what's called the LTI package. So with the LTI, for instance, one of the one of the organizations I can actually take their content, put a link to it in my website, and that's the only way it can be open, and it records everything for my student that they did for that specific object, whether it be reading an assignment, answering a question, or whatever. But if anybody's got any, uh, you know, any needs any help on that, I help you out. And then when we get done with this presentation. Uh, I was going to go ahead and open up Miller Open Book and let you see what that looks like, or I'll sh and I'll share my Moodle site, let you see what it looks like. Anybody got anything to add on that? All right. So the last one, ideas for hands-on without welding. Okay. Uh, and I just jotted these down really, really quick because I've been thinking about this, talking about it. You know, we talked about the uh, making a video. Make your own. Make your videos that are directed towards your student and talk about some of the things that you do well. And even if you're not showing these spectacular arc shots like they do on welding tips and tricks, uh, show them how you position your body, show them how you get your hands rested, how you hold an electrode holder. You know, if I'd have had my teacher in high school tell me that I could put that 7018 and that electrode holder pointing up at, at this angle and it would fall naturally where my hand held it nice and even as opposed to me putting it in there at 90 degrees and having to do that, I probably saved them a few dollars in welding rods. Okay, if they'd have told me to not stand out here at the edge of the table with a mid gun like that, but instead get up here where I've got my fingers holding my resting on my knuckles with my trigger, and just do that for the first four inches, I can, you know, I'd have been able to make my very first mig weld look like somebody's been doing it for years. So there's things that we can pass on to our students. I think even without, you know, without us actually welding with them. Uh, I strongly suggest welding with them myself, but, but we, making your own videos is one way to do it. I did a little survey for some of my students, and one of the things that they had indicated they'd like is, is me to, to be the one presenting the information to them. Mainly, it's probably because of my good looks and charm, 
but I think having that familiar face or that familiar instructor, I think it does change the, the dynamic just a little bit if I'm listening to somebody that, that I'm used to listening to. Of course, if I'm listening to somebody I'm tired of listening to, it could, be, could go the other way too. But uh, other thing, old electrode holders, MIG guns, okay. Everybody's into 3D print, you can 3D print some stuff. I myself, I take old MIG guns and keep them. Same thing with electrode holders, TIG torches, okay. But I, I, I actually ask for the students to put those things in their hands on here in the classroom doing, you know, doing lecture stuff and practice holding it. I walk around, I can see how they're holding, I can modify that. I give them a stinger and, and two or three different lengths, 7018s or 6010s, and show them how to strike an arc on the table. I can kind of tell by how they're tapping it, what it sounds like, whether they're sneaking up on it. But those things could also be done at home to a certain extent. Of course, you don't have that instructor interaction. And the difficult part is getting that equipment out. But I have heard rumors of folks sharing, or of welding supply companies or from manufacturers sharing MIG guns and TIG rigs and that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> another option is, is mold your own. Again, that's, you know, I think this is gonna be over soon, but that's not my decision. But in the future, if I heard it coming again, you know, I've done, I've made plastic weld replicas out of stuff that you can buy at Hobby Lobby. You can do the same thing with a with a TIG torch. You know, it's just a matter of making a silicone mold of it and putting some plastic in it. For the amount of plastic that's used in a in a TIG torch, the size of a regular, you know, 150 amp air cooled, that's probably about three dollars worth of plastic of resin. So it's it it is doable. But the best the best method would be, of course, be able to issue some some actual equipment out to your students during this crisis and then possibly get it back. Don't know whether that's doable or not, but that's one of the thoughts that I've had. Uh, another thing is, is students, I do have some students that already have access to welding machines. You know, you've always got a student where grandpa has got a welding machine and he done showed them how to, how to weld. Uh, that can be good and bad, but at least they have the equipment. So one of the things that I've offered out to my students is I can leave welding rods out here because we've been directed to not have any contact with them but I could leave them some welding rods, even some wire, some materials, provided they will send me pictures of their projects or they can make videos and I can watch them weld, but at least something to facilitate making it easier for them to weld if they do have the equipment, okay. Uh, last one I've got there, Sharpie airbrush modify holders for markers pencil. Okay, one of the things that we're doing when we're trying to teach, teach students how to weld, in my opinion, is building that connection between what's happening right here, we'll just call that the end of my MIG gun. Well, I've had this specific MIG gun for my entire life. So I can consciously move it right to the corner of that laptop without even thinking about it because I've made that connection in my mind to the end of that device, my finger, and where I move with my muscles. So, you know, one of the things I thought about doing is taking the MIG guns that I've got and modify them where I could put a short, they make a little short stubby Sharpie, put it in there, make them write their name with it. Okay, a piece of uh, a ballpoint pen cartridge in the end of a TIG rig, you know, they actually sell some of them, I think, somewhere for people to walk a cup. But that muscle memory is basically already there in your hand for holding TIG torch. Uh, so modifying some, some equipment to put those things in there is one of the ways that I think you could help some students along building some muscle memory. I've, I've got one or two students that have really struggled progressing <clears throat> uh, with, with making, making fillet welds with a MIG gun. 
I, you know, I don't know whether it's vision. I don't know whether it's hand-eye coordination or what, but I wish I had given them. I've got four short stubby MIG guns that came from American Torch Tip that are about that long that they're, they're demo guns that I wish I would, if I'd have known this was going to happen, I would have given them to them and say, here, just every day practice doing this with your gun. And, uh, and I think it would, it would help them to where when, when and if they did come back, they'd be more ready. All right, so I'm going to shut up now. And uh, anybody got any questions or anything they want to add? Gerald, Clint Gilbertson here from North Dakota. Clint, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'll try to get my camera on here so I can see who I am. Um, just a follow-up real quick to, I think it was Larry that asked the question about a, uh, a, an articulation agreement or an option for students with technical degrees transferring on to maybe a four-year degree. Um, it's not an engineering degree, but I sent the link out there in the chat. It's, uh, it's an operations management degree. And I've had, over the years, I teach at a two-year college. Um, and I think over the years, I think I've had maybe two or three go on to welding engineering. But I've had a ton of people take advantage of the operations management program um, where they are actually looking at setting themselves up for, you know, down, down the road, they're going to get out, they're going to weld a little bit. And then in the future, they might be a lead or a foreman or a uh, project manager of some sorts. And so this option that we helped set up through Moorhead State University in, in Minnesota is uh, probably the best option I've seen for giving credits for students with technical degrees. Um, uh, they give 100% credit for the first two years of your college if you have an Associate Applied Science degree. So if you're offering those degrees, and they'll even offer uh, uh, articulation for diplomas as well, but you can't even register in this program if you're a freshman or sophomore. You have to be a graduate from a technical school to get into it and they offer a face-to-face -face option but they what they really their their bread and butter is an online option 100 online and they even uh what they the recruiters there or the uh the, the people that work in that department um have tried to how they uh, how do you want to say it, recruit students is they prefer you to go out and work they want you to graduate get your two-year degree get out there and get working as a welder and pick up some of these classes a little bit online and you can piecemeal them together and do it over a three, four year period to get your four year bachelor's degree in operations management. So it makes it very palatable for somebody who wants to get out, get to work, make some money, but yet still want to continue college. Um, and it's pretty rare to find those four year degrees that give you 100% of your credits for your two years that you spent in a tech school. Um, myself, I, uh, I, I have a big believer in this. I, I sit on their advisory board. Um, I tell my sad, sad story of uh, um, was a uh, graduate two-year degree, associate applied science degree in welding, went out, was a welding foreman for a while, welded pipe, did a bunch of different things, decided to go back to school, went back to school to be an industrial arts teacher for high school, get my high school licensure, and basically had to start over from scratch, did not transfer anything from my two-year degree. Matter of fact, I even had to take a basic welding course, which was kind of crazy to me, but um, long story short, I ended up teaching that class, but um, anyway, so just just an option for you. I know it's not welding engineering, but it's operations management, and they uh, they will pretty much take anybody with with those technical skill sets um, coming from a two year college. So um, they even we even started out with a 
here in North Dakota is a two plus two plus two program where we're allowing the high school students to start working on these credits right away, working on their technical credits and they can, it's a heck of a pathway for them. So yeah. just thought I'd share that. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Very good stuff. And if you want more information, I can send you flyers for it. Or I'd, like I said, I sent you the link. So it's right there. Yeah. Anybody else? All right. So no, nobody else has anything to add. I'm going to, I'll hang out for a little while. You know, I, I mentioned about showing, uh, showing Miller open book. Somebody else got something they want to say, but I guess that's kind of the, the end for the most part of, of any part of a structured kind of meeting, I guess. Uh, Bobby Day, I guess you made it through the storms, man. I don't know. Yeah, we made it through the storm. Uh, Chattanooga got tore up pretty bad, but I, li I actually live in Alabama. We we survived. Most of them went south of us. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I was wondering about you. Sorry I'm late. I was detained in another meeting, so I just got back here. Yeah, some, it's, sometimes it's hard to explain to everybody that the welding meetings are more important. But, uh, okay, and, and that's a matter of fact, uh, Bill Murphy just put, his, put a link down there, and I actually talked to him earlier about the Canadian Welding Bureau, and they have ACORN as a new, as a new product that they're showing as their learning management system. <clears throat> it looks really, really interesting. I sent them an email. I filled out their online form, and I didn't get anything back. Or if I did, that's covered up with this PowerPoint presentation. But that's something to look for. Matter of fact, if you go to my links page, uh, the, the org slash links, I think I've got it on there already where you can go check it out. You have to fill out a, an information request form. And I haven't actually seen it yet. I'm hoping to, to play with a few of those things this week. Uh, you know, not necessarily in the context of changing what I'm doing for my students as much as me being ready to maybe do something better. Because a lot of the stuff that we're doing, in my opinion, is not just about getting through COVID-19. I think it can help us kind of maybe change what we think about as far as how we want to teach some of the theory. I know for me, uh, my interest in doing the online stuff with my students, even before all this started, was me give them assignments and go home. They work on it, come in for five, 10 minutes. We talk about it and that's it. You know, if, if I'm going to lecture something, I want to record it where they can see it. But, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of opportunities out there for us to maybe get more actual welding time. Now, of course, if you're working towards a, you know, sending someone on towards a degree and that kind of stuff, you know, may want to focus more on the, <clears throat> on the classroom, but this is another way you can do it. So there's some, there's some different power in, in being able to get some of this information online. You know, there's so many, so many tools out there that we can use. So that's what I'm hoping to do is highlight some of these and, and hear from everybody else and what they're doing. And uh, if, you know, like I said, that's kind of it. That's my last page on the PowerPoint. If somebody else got somebody they want to talk to, I'm going to go ahead and get Miller Open Book open if you guys want to talk a little bit. And I'll just kind of show, you know, show what it looks like at least from this end. Hey, Gerald Clint here again. I just wanted to put my two cents in about Remind. Um, we use that religiously on our campus, most programs. Uh, matter of fact, that is my, in my syllabi, is my go-to communication tool. Um, you can use it to send documents students can send documents to you um, what's nice about it is when they set it up for it you don't know their real cell phone number they don't know your real cell phone number so it's pretty safe At the college we don't worry about that so much but for high school instructors that would be very key 
um, aspect of it. Um, we uh, were able to get into Remind on its infancy when it first came out. I even had the developer come out on our campus. We had him come out and, and promote it. Uh, super, super good tool. I'm glad that you suggested that. Um, I use it daily with every single one of my classes. It's the first thing I do the first day of class is we set up Remind. Yeah, if I'd have known all this was coming, I'd have done a lot more, you know, a lot better effort for getting everybody online. But the yeah, the remind is great because it will, you know, make them anonymous. Then the other thing about it is being able to send them a message as a group. You know, it, it all goes to them at one time. So that's that's pretty powerful, even if only a third of them listen to it. So I use it in the morning. Sometimes I'll, I'll make a little video just, hi, how you doing? I miss y'all and put a link to it. And you know some of them will go look at it some of them won't but at least they know i'm you know they know i'm still here and it's and it's not even about that as much as me want to talk to them anyway and it's worked very well for me for coupling with their email because if i've got a very lengthy update that i need to put out to them or a protocol change or something like that i send out the email and then right away i back that up with a reminder saying hey go check your email and uh i'm getting a lot better response that way with getting students to be on that email right away versus they might look at it in two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, it's definitely a, a powerful tool. I wish I'd have known about it ahead of time. I, once some of my students reach 18, you know, I, I got permission from their parents. We did the, uh, I got an afternoon after school welding program. So I got some of their contact information, but for we're fed by five schools. So like with our County schools, I didn't even have good email addresses for them because the County schools had, you know, didn't supply that to us as a, as a vocational or CT center. So the developer set that up as a, um, when he was in, a kid in high school, he was a special needs student and he had a teacher that would set, put sticky notes on his textbooks every day, explaining to him what he needed to do for classes for the next night. And it was for little reminders. Yeah. And when he graduated, he wanted to do that same type of thing for other students. So he dug into this and here as a special needs but now he is a software developer and doing a whole bunch of great things and never dreamed in a million years that it'd be used the way it's being used um he's a wonderful speaker if you ever get a chance to if you ever need somebody to come speak at your campus or do it remotely or something like that as well yeah like i said you know all this stuff is opening in my opinion is opening us some ways some ways to think about teaching well and different because i'm i'm kind of a newbie as far as high school goes, but did workforce training, and workforce development and, and for business and industry. So I've always used like an, an online learning management system to augment whatever I was teaching. Like I'd used open book for just individuals that said, Hey, could, can you teach me how to MIG well? I said, well, I'll teach you how to MIG well, but I'm going to sign you up for these first. I expect you to, to do these modules first before we get together face to face. That way, when I talk to you, you understand what I'm talking about. And the same thing can, like I said, the same thing works for our students. I mean, we can we can kind of look at doing things just slightly different, maybe in the future. It's pretty it's pretty powerful. So I've got the Miller Open Book opened right here, and the way that it works is there's a set of courses. I can view all my course sections, but I can also just create a new course. So let's just go home here, and you've got a you've got a request from Miller to join. And they will send they'll set you up an account okay and that may take two or three days may take a couple of weeks now but i've usually had it happen within two two or three days i've set it up twice with two different organizations now my you know i've merged they've, they've merged them both together for me 
and their videos that they have online on YouTube are all inclusive of everything that you need to do pretty much. Okay, there's 12 or 14 videos that you can go through and they will help you out. There's a help menu up here though. That kind of covers quick start, administrator, all the way through here. So other than the, the desire for us as humans sometimes to not read all the instructions, they've got them all there. The things that I don't know how to do are because I didn't read the instructions yet. But just as a quick, you know, Cliff Notes version, I make a new, new course. Make it course 15 April. Learn how to spell. So there's the, the course name, description. I can write in a lot more there if I wanted to. I can open up that box. Okay, if I want to see what modules I want to add to it, I can download this PDF file right here. And this tells me the individual modules and the amount of time that's involved in each one of them. So my basic electricity module, here's the different titles, how long they last, and these are the learning objectives for each one of those modules. Okay, so that's a, that's a PDF document you can download and kind of pencil in first while you're waiting for Miller to approve your course. Get an idea which ones that you want. So let's just say for this course that I'm doing right now, I want to do the introduction to welding, weld types, positions, and symbols. I can sort them by category, which is the process, and whether it's a lab or whether it's a theory. So we're going to go ahead and bump it over to a theory or module. And I can also change the category, and now I can scroll through them. Or I can just do a search, and we're going to just search for symbols. Hey, Gerald, yes, interrupt you. Yes. You see where you got uh, the entries at show 10 entries? Uh-huh. What I found to be helpful, you hit that arrow and make it 100, and then that way you don't have to keep going back and forth. That or, the search, that or the search, either one of those two, yeah. So I hit symbols, and I can see it all. But like Mr. Lee said right there, I can change that to 100 entries, and then I can see all of them. Okay. If I want to see what's in the module ahead of time, back in there again. If I want to see what's in the module ahead of time, I can just click this view button right here. So just to kind of show you some of the content. These are HTML5 presentations, they're video, they've got text that goes along with the audio. So that covers, you know, covers both reading and being able to hear it. Other than that one safety slide, you've got to listen to the safety presentation on every one of them. Uh, after that, you can jump around within the presentation. I'll show you that in a second. Harry, you don't do any welding inspection videos, do you? Oh, you're you're muted. 
No, I haven't. I haven't done any Walden inspection media, uh, videos. Your voice sounded like like some that I've listened to before on YouTube. Oh, oh, I, I'd like to be as famous as that guy and have his money. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's still loading, and I don't know whether that's on Miller's end or my end because I'm streaming video. Welcome to this Miller Electric e-learning module, Groove Welding Symbols. So we hit the next button, navigate through it. Warning, read and follow all labels but you notice over here. manual carefully before installing. Up. I can jump right over to the, right over that, but In I this can't module, fast forward to we'll that We'll explore the different parts of a groove welding symbol. By the end, you'll be able to identify the reference line, Read tail notes. Differentiate between the arrow side and the other side. Identify a groove weld symbol. Determine root opening. Identify groove angle. Identify depth of bevel. Determine weld size. And finally, differentiate between different contours. Okay, so the, the content's pretty good. It's, it's, well, it's well done. It's got audio with it. And you can jump around it. And at the end of each one of the modules, there is a quiz and the quiz is linked back to the student so you can see their grade book but you can also add your own quizzes uh, unfortunately unless someone knows different you can't upload questions from any, any other source but anyway so it ha it'll have the quiz how many questions there are and it'll tell them on each question what they did okay so how do you assign these to uh, individual students? All right, I'll go ahead and show you that. So that lets you see the content. And like I said, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's well prepared. It's one of my you know, reasons for liking it. I actually use it in my class to do a presentation up on the board with. I go through it, I let the presentation play, then I'll pause it if there's something I wanna add to it or ask them some questions and then go on with it like that. So we're going to go ahead and so we've got we've got our course up here, but we haven't added anything to it yet. So I'm going to add the fillet welding symbols module, groove welding, and the weld types and positions. So now those are attached to this specific course called Course 15 April. All right. I'm going to go ahead and save it first. And I imagine I can add a course section, but I I try to save it first. I'm afraid to get mad. So that's got your course outlined with what you're going to have in it. All this stuff up here is still other content. Uh, one quick thing, the lab information is basically a WPS. So if you're wanting your students to have access to something that looks like a WPS, there you go. It's free. Okay. And then that, if you want to add something or take something away from it, you can open it up in a PDF viewer and make your own comments on it if you want to. But anyway, so it's got a, you know, got the WPS, got the parameters down here, 8th inch, 6010. 1822 volts, 80 to 90 amps. So it's, you know, it's, it's a valid, good looking WPS. You know, obviously doesn't meet any code requirements, but for the purposes of training and getting a student used to one, you can't beat those, in my opinion. And then we'll just go ahead and, like I said, if I wanted to add that one to it, and there it is. Now it's added down here. So now I've got the course, the general course structure done. I've got to make a section. So I click on that little section button. 
and put a start date and I can put an end date. I can modify this a little bit. I'm gonna hit save. Okay, so that's done. Now I can open up my course section right here. So there's a couple of ways I can add students. One of the ways is for me to copy this link right here. And I can send them that link. I'm going to go ahead and open up an incognito window that doesn't, you know, it doesn't know I'm logged in already. Hit paste. So that's the link that I would have sent them. Not authorized to view the page. That's okay because I haven't entered the student yet. Okay, so I'm gonna hit sign in. I don't have an email or account, but look right here. It says don't have an account. Create a new account. That's a fake email address. This is one of my favorite welders I use on demonstration. I can't see well. I'll give you a password. Because there is no email validation. Okay, they don't have to open up an email and say that, you know, they met it. This allows them to opt in to the different information. I'm not going to worry about it. You got to click the I have read and understand the terms. And I'll hit submit. And it goes, it goes right in and it opens up the course. So there's my course now. I'm looking at it as a student. Here's my three modules that I've got to do. There's my grade book. And that's it, I'm logged in. Okay, so me as the student, I click on the groove welding symbols. Now I've got an option to start. Okay. So it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward down there. And there's other ways to get your students in there. You can, you can take a spreadsheet and follow a specific format and you can upload your whole class at once. So Gerald, excuse me. Yes, sir. When, when you, um, so this is the student's view we're looking at. Yes. So the student hit this and they'll see the same thing you just showed as the introduction with all the videos yeah. and the quiz. Okay. So now their quiz, they will take the quiz and whenever it's finished, you will get results. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and answer a couple questions on the quiz. Once it gets to where I can jump to it. Yeah, it'll go to their grade book instantly. So whatever a student does, I'll be able to see in a grade book. Hey folks, we still got here. All right. Welcome to this Miller Electric e-learning module, Groove Welding Symbols. So again, they can hit the next button or they can go up Morning. here. Read and follow. So that's the only slide you can't fast forward to it. In this module, we'll explore the different. 
So jump on down to the quiz. I said, even doing these quizzes on the board with a group, you know, is, is still nice. Real side regroup, root open in one eighth. Take that for Babylon. Bonk. And I think they can actually get out of it part way through. This guy's going to bomb, though. You're supposed to pick C on every one of them, is what my students say. So let's see if we can get out of it now, see what happens. Now it looks like they got to finish it all. All right. Hey, I'm gonna get that one right. It does seem like it's taking a little bit longer to get through there. And the student should be able to see their grade book on it. And you can also set the grade, the minimum required to pass. Like by default, I think it's 70%. You've got it, they've got to get on the quiz. Normally, they don't have quite as many questions either. That's good that they do, though. So, I should have scored like a zero. No, I think I got, I got one right 9.9. .9. Please retake this module. So it gives them a little message. Hit next. You've completed this Miller Electric e-learning module, Groove Welding Symbols. So now, I've swapped out of that other browser. That one, that one doesn't know anything about this one. If I hit the view grade book, there's a oh, I can't see well. He scored a nine. So it's automatically updated right there. And then I've still got my three other modules. I can see how many attempts there are. I can also export that to a spreadsheet or whatever I want to if I want to transfer some of it over to another grade book. And again, the, the help up here is, is pretty informative, okay? So we just, you know, we just kind of hit on some of the high points, but for free, just the quality of the content, if I, even if I didn't log my students into it, which I don't for the most part, I've got a couple that are more interested than others, so I set them up with an account. But just the, the, the ability for me to present it up here on the smart board and talk about it, pretty valuable in my book. And then you can also create your own quizzes that are a little bit more in depth, but they are time consuming, but it shows you how to do it. 
but there's an online interface for it. To add questions, tells you what to select do. the plus symbol next to the word questions. A pop-up will display. So it's it's all pretty direction. powerful stuff altogether. And uh, anybody got anything else they're kind of interested in that we talked about that they'd want to see? Well, I played with it a little bit, Gerald. And uh, what I found, like, if, can you go back to the page where you were setting up the class? Yeah. For the actual section? Yeah, well, don't matter. Either one. Where you had the courses at, where you had all that, like the different modules, where you, where you um, actually had the class in there. Uh, where, you at, where your actual class is. This, this, is the, this is the actual class. You're talking about the one where I made up the course? Right, yeah, I think that's what it is then. Yeah, of course, versus the section, use terms. There you go. All right, so where is your actual class with the five or the fourth modules that you put in? Right yeah. there. So you could change the order. Yes, you can drag them and drop them. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So, and that's about as far as I got. And I got, uh, I think I put students in there, but I haven't sent anything out yet because I don't know what my district was requiring. Yeah, yeah, so you can, this is where you change the score. Right how many attempts that they do. And then if you want to remove one of them, that's it. And if you want right. to. Oh, video. That's pretty good though. I like it. Yeah. It's like I said, for, you know, I've always been a fan of ESOB because ESOB's got some pretty nice free learning content on there, but it's not really where students can, can log in or anything like that. They've got some now, but not much. But anyway, uh, you know, that's always been, I've always been a fan of their stuff just because of that, because they've got like an online, let me just show it here just in case nobody's seen it. And it's been, it's been online for 20 years, probably. I don't know if it's quite that long, but they've got an arc welding technology course. It's just basically a flip through book. And table of contents, you know, covered covered electrodes. And boom, it's good to go. You can actually search through it. There's a glossary with it. So it's it's pretty powerful, uh, but it's not really interactive per se. It's just a, an online book, but it's a very inclusive book of quite a bit of stuff. Like there, you know, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with AWS Certified Welding Supervisor Test but most of the body of knowledge of, of it, the things you need to know, deposition rate, operating factor, all those type of terms, they're all spelled out right here. Cost formulas for welding. So it's much more in depth than it is, would be for just a high school welding class, but there's still things I can pull out of here relatively easily. Uh, I'm not even sure how much of it I can print, but whether it's just that specific page or what. And then they've got, they've got other handbooks, Big Weld Handbook. Another good resource is, uh, I don't know if they're still letting them be free, but the Lincoln Welding Posters, if you've never seen them, you can actually download those as PDFs. So you may have to log into their site now. Okay, this is where you would go if you wanted to have them send it to you. They used to have links for the actual documents. 
oh well, the time of free stuff is slowly going away. And there's, there's probably a link somewhere else, but it's it's out there. But once you, if you're if you're not on the Lincoln Educators Portal here in the United States, you need to get on it. It's a dollar a pound for for sixty ten, seventy eighteen, seventy s six. Uh, cut length, TIG wires a little bit more, and aluminum's a little bit more. But the Educators Portal, it's a it's pretty good. Okay, as far as buying filler metal goes, not that we're going to need any for the rest of this semester. That's it. Anybody got anything else they want to see? I can. I've got. I've got my my Moodle. Let me see what's in the chat box right here. Could you share the um the PowerPoint? This PowerPoint the here. What what the, what the links? Uh, I think it was the links you said you was going to share. Yeah, I'll I'll copy and paste those in here. As a matter of fact, let's see here. Yeah, let me just go ahead and save this one here. sure if that looks like I've got some extra text on that. Hang on. There you go. That's a good link to that Miller open book. secure it's not secure Uh, somebody had asked me about the the content creation system that I was talking about earlier that was offering it for for free or not for free for nineteen dollars a month. Are you still on here, whoever that was? Here's a link to it anyway. I'll send. I'll try to send the chat out to everybody.
this is the Welded site. Uh, I don't think if anybody's still here from there or not. Yeah, Dan's still here. May not be here, here. Hey, Dan, if you're here, you want to say anything kind of a, a short version of, of, of what Welded is about? Oh, absolutely. I figured you would. Come on. Dude, I, hey, I get paid to talk. <laughs> well, I'm, hey, I'm making a million right now teaching high school kids, so I got it made. Well, you don't make enough. <laughs> I, I taught in high school for 12 years of my life, and it's the, this is the longest – it's the longest three decades of my life. Really? I'm, you know, they've all told me I, I think I make some of the teachers mad. I go down the hallway whistling, and students will walk in the morning, and I say, man, I can't believe they paid me to do this. Oh, I love, I love teaching high school. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, that's but, it. Yeah. I may be getting some government cheese and stuff later, but that's all right. Like I said, I, I tell people I was born broke and naked, so I'm winning pretty big right now. I was going to say, now we're just, we're just broke. We, we could at least run close. <laughs> so, anyway, Welded, uh, Welded is the National Welding Education Training Consortium. It's a National Science Foundation grant. We started back in about 2000, and I've been there since 2008. Um, in 2009, 2010, we started the Instructor Module Series. Um, and we offered it, uh, the great thing about it was we actually paid for the, uh, hotel and food. You just had to get there. So we've taught, I've, I've taught classes from, uh, up in Alaska, Hawaii, 32 different states in the mainland. Um, and what we did also were able to do is pull together a lot of national data that a lot of other uh, a lot of other places have never been able to. So if you go over to the instructor re resources tab, have you ever already showed that? Oh, uh, no. Uh, right above the industry support, up one, right there. Click on that. These are all national reports. Some of them are old, some of them are new. We were also able to put together a national welding uh, industry roundtable. We did that in, uh, in Illinois one year. Um, and so we moved the needle a lot with the training and also providing a national repository for welding educators. Um, it's been a pretty, it's been pretty good. We just got refunded for another round um, and we're working on updating the modules. Uh, we have the training schedule out. Um, great time to have a training schedule out now, nobody can travel. Yeah. But, um, but it, what it does is it allows for things like this and uh, for instructors to come, uh, come together and share ideas. Uh, Monica was uh, is a PI for it, um, and then uh, we have uh, we have a regional partners. Uh, so I'm the Northwest Pacific Rim uh, partner. So I kind of go around and offer trainings uh, and do what I can. Um, and then we have we're looking for several new partners also. So if you're interested, you can let me know. Um, we have some people on the books. Um, how did, how did and, so, so a school itself can get involved somehow and become a? Well, you could become a regional affiliate. Uh, um, and being a regional affiliate, that gives you uh, – I've talked to Michael uh, Fox. They've restructured a little bit, so I may be a little bit out of okay. it. But there, um, what it allows you to do is become part of the Welded Network. And so you get updates on trainings. You get updates on um, events that we're putting on around. We also host the National Welding Educator um, meeting at uh, FabTech every year, um, and it's just been 
it's, it's provided a national platform for welding educators that's just uh, unparalleled uh, until we until it came together. Cool. Do you guys have any other questions about anything? Somebody got there. Somebody's got their uh, reverb going like on a on a guitar. Yeah, that or feedback from their their speaker back to them. I don't know what's going on, but that's a, that's all right. Uh, does anybody want to see anything else? You know, he's talking about the the teacher surveys. I think I think some of y'all have seen it before. But, you know, I've done one. Hi, Dan. Good morning. How you doing? I guess we're it. Oh, and Christopher. One of the one of the surveys I done done a while back and for welding instructors was many years ago, as a matter of fact. But it was order of instruction. Uh, let's see here. Do this again. There we go. I found I found the culprit. That was you, Suresh. So anyway, I made a, I made a survey up about order of instruction. You know, first question you feel teaching someone a skill, blah blah blah. Anyway, well, let me just go to the responses. So 91 people have replied to it over over a few years, and the majority of them, 62%, say that you should teach an easier skill first. That's the yes. 30% left ourselves open with it depends on the skill. And then 5% said no. When teaching welding, which process do you prefer to start with? SMAW, 41% or 45%. Oxyfuel, 21%. That's probably old guys like me because that's how we learn, you know. But for that same manual dexterity skill, pushing a puddle, we can do the same thing with a TIG rig right off the bat, you know. And then 25% for GMAW. Then my next question, which process is most difficult for students to gain manual dexterity skills with? Everybody says GTAW. I'd argue that one because students have got the ability to hold a TIG rig in their hand like they do a pencil. And they've been doing, matter of fact, that's what I have all my students weld with first is my first year students. We go out there and I give them a TIG torch and I make them just practice moving it across the table with a washer or a piece of wire. And I have them do that many times while I'm talking about, you know, tungsten types and shielding gas and all that kind of stuff and get them used to holding the torch. Then we go out there in the shop. I've had 22 students in a row make a two inch long puddle weld, you know, no, no filler metal added on aluminum. And you couldn't tell them apart from mine. You know, it's kind of a parlor trick in the fact that I, you know, I use some, techniques that made that easier but we we did that with 22 students with one piece of tungsten so i don't know how hard tig weld is i've been a pipe welder for years and 
it's gravy compared to stick welding. That's why people are welding stuff with it all the time. But anyway, then the next highest one though is the one I think is hardest is SMAW. But if I was to take both of these and kind of compare that to what was set up here, they're teaching them the hardest two welding processes first. Okay, everybody said stick was harder and everybody said TIG was harder, but they set up here the majority, yes, I'm gonna teach them the easier process first. So it's kind of interesting what kind of, you know, what kind of feedback you get from, from everybody. There's a chat box there, there. Uh, you know, if you can only teach one process, which one would it be? Everybody picked SMAW. And for me, if I was, if I was in an area where construction was run, running wild, and people could really get out there and make that good construction welder money, I would do SMAW. Now, if, I, if that was the only process I could teach. But I'm in an area that's heavy on manufacturing. So my preference is to do GMAW, which the majority of people did. Uh, if, I was, if I was in an area where heavy steel fabrication was going on, in erection, I'd be, be doing flux core. Okay, nobody picked oxy-fuel welding, which I can understand that. And then I ask them what type of institutions they teach in. And then there's, you know, there's written responses down here. But I've actually downloaded this data in the past and then wrote queries and saw how it broke out the same, the same results, but being a high school student or welding only or private community college. So having that bit of data there is pretty interesting. So if anybody wants to fill in their little two cents works and see that profile when they get down, holler at me. And so that's kind of... You know, that's kind of my stuff. How many folks is left in here? Still 10. Uh, let's see here. Are any of y'all interested in, in like making your own videos or anything like that? You have to speak up and let me know. All right. Yeah, we, we at Chabot College are interested and we're looking into, you know, we've got some basic equipment. Um, if anybody has recommendations in regard to uh, actually filming the weld pool itself. Um, I know we've got some expensive solutions, but if anybody's actually using one um, or done it with their camera, I'd love to hear more. Okay. Well, next week, um, and matter of fact, I meant to tell everybody about this before the meeting ended and I get wrapped up, forgot about it, but I've actually arranged for, for Jody from Welding Tips and Tricks to come on. But we're going to, he's going to talk more about generic making a video and those kind of pitfalls uh, is not going to probably share his secrets for making arc shots. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways around it. Uh, let's see if I can find one of mine. Like I've got one that I made with a camera I bought at the Salvation, at the Salvation Army at the uh, Goodwill online thrift store. May not be this one. I gotta change my profile. So this is an arc shot made with what's called a Nikon J1 and a little cheap mirrorless camera. No filter on it at all. 
Okay, that's that's without a filter. That's just high shutter speed, one four thousandth of a second. And it pretty much blocks everything out. The camera still works. It didn't go blind yet. Uh, but I only paid 150 bucks for it, so I can play with it quite a bit. And that's just a, a pipe I was welding in my shop to, uh, you know, that, that I had a bunch of, and it was easy to set up a camera for. To me, the hard part with filming the arc is having somebody else follow it, you know, is, is get them to where they can, you know, see what's going on, that kind of stuff. But, of course, with a, with a digital camera, with a display, they don't have to, you don't have to worry about the light getting in their face but you do have to worry about the fact that it's sneaking around it. So, you know, you, you pretty much have to make a mask for it, essentially that shielded off everything else. So they could just focus on the camera. Uh, I've done, I've done welds before with like tape and filters to the lens and that kind of stuff. And I haven't got there, but one of the, there's, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that make welding specific cameras, but the least expensive that I see that said it was for, excuse me, for that was about eight grand. So they're pretty, you know, for me as a, for me, it's not worth, it's kind of like a Vertex 360. It's all, it's all a nice bell and whistle, but it'll never pay for itself. You know, in, in my book, I could, I could go buy $50,000 worth of, of empty electrode holders and give them to students and say, here, go home and practice with this kind of thing. But there are some, you know, to me, the arc shots are, they're nice. But when it gets down to it, I could show somebody me in the booth and say, this is how I want you to rest your elbow on the table. This is how I want you to hold the electrode holder. And you can move from the bottom to the top by taking your fingertips and doing that with it. Okay. Just put an electrode holder in my hand. Me showing a student how to put the electrode in the electrode holder, whether it be pointing down where it's easier to strike an arc at the beginning, doing their pad welds, put it out at 90 degrees when the rod gets mid-length. Put it, put it at a, a, an angle coming out like this when the rod gets shorter where I can get my hands farther away from it. You know, all those are things where they can, <clears throat> you know, they can learn quite a bit from the video, in my opinion, without actually, you know, having to see the puddle. You know, if you look back many years ago, before we had all the technology, General Electric made videos Now they make you see two ads. All right. So we'll just pause that right there. That's a pretty good arc shot. Okay. You know, it's it's got a very high what's a high dynamic range. I can see the base metal around that kind of stuff. I'd like to be able to weld and look look and see that much. You know, that was done back in the, the 40s or 50s, I guess. But one of the things, you know, we, get, we do get hung up on the arc shots, and they are nice, don't get me wrong. But one of the things that I'll try to express to my students is this, is while you're welding, begin to watch this area where it, where it turns from orange to kind of brown to black, the trailing edge of the puddle freezing. Okay? And then whatever manipulate you do, because everybody gets kind of hung up on the manipulate what you're doing with the rod. And some of it's useful, don't get me wrong, but I'm more concerned with while I'm welding, I wanna see what the puddle's doing. 
and that's the you know that's the thing that's that's an indicator as to whether it's fixing to fall out or something like that because basically it's just those ripples freezing but there's you know there's a <clears throat> to me making some videos where i can kind of show what my what i'm doing as a welder is more important than showing what's happened at the end of the rod because those those videos are out there now you know there's there's tons of them with people with really really nice arc shots you know the welding tips and tricks dude he's made some of the best you know he in my opinion you could take every educator that there is in the united states right now and put them together with all the schools for the last 20 years and they have not touched as many people as he has you know he's got he's got videos on there with 20 million views we can't we can't get anywhere near that so it's a great it's a great medium for transferring information but also us as instructors adding our adding our two cents to it can be pretty helpful in my opinion you know i so i've got i've got tools where i can take a youtube video for instance and then i can add a pause in it and put a question there or while i'm playing it for a student up here you know we stop and we talk about it just like i was talking about on the on the miller the miller videos so there's a whole lot of you know a whole lot of information out there already that we that if we curate it and put it together right and make it where it's easy to share it could be pretty powerful for a group of welding instructors you know if it was just to be categorized like on my little you know my welding classroom channel which i'm not a big youtuber okay i, I just I'm a, I'm a hack at that, but I did break it down into specific channels for what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to get across. So with YouTube, one of the things that you can do is create your own playlist. So if I go to my playlist right here, I've got videos from other sources that are related to that specific content. So here's, here's some that I got on CWI training that I do for people. You know, this guy here, Gary Pace, he put some good information together on his channel. Uh, so I've got most of his videos in there that are ready for welding inspector, inspector training for D1.1, you know, welding processes. Same thing, a lot of them, this guy right here is weldnotes.com. He make, they're, they're neat looking, uh, I'd love to know how he makes them, but he hasn't shared that information yet. Electrodes that are covered with a plus got, material. You know, good audio with welding society calls good this basic process shielded metal introduction. arc welding or SMAW. You may also hear this process called manual metal arc welding or MMA welding. Some people refer to this process simply as arc welding, but shielded metal arc welding or stick welding is just one of so many I don't know types who, of arc who welding. Weld notes is, stick welding, but I don't like his videos. through a metal electrode or stick. And he's got them on reading the a micrometer, you know, all kinds of other stuff. And he's just, you know, it's just his YouTube channel. How to read a metric ruler. Introduction to quadratic equations. I didn't bother for that one because in Tennessee, when I went to high school, ninth grade math was all we had to have. Uh, but anyway, so, the, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that, got, that have videos already. It's called and the if we interact with them somehow with our students, I think we, we can add some value to them. Uh, from the electrode is called filler metal. Stick welding always adds filler. But anyway, so that's that's a way that you can kind of do something with your videos. Maybe if you got to, you know, make up a, a YouTube account and then put them into playlists that are specific to what you're teaching. That way they're, they're quick and down and dirty. 
whenever you want to present them to your class. Anybody else got anything they're thinking about or want to share? I'll show you, you know, if anybody's interested, I'll show you what my online class looks like. I'm not supposed to show you them email addresses. I'm going to go to teacher jail. So I've got a, I've got a Moodle site. Uh, I've been using Moodle for off and on for my own, my own purposes for years. And we have, we have Canvas here, but the way my classes are set up in the afternoon, for instance, for me to use Canvas, I would have had six different classes I would have had to manage, even though we're all physically here for one, two and a half hour period as one group, pretty much doing the same stuff as far as classroom goes. So I'm, I've got my own website hosting that I pay for, stuff like that. Let me make it where I look like a student instead of a teacher. So as a student, this is kind of what I would see when I came in here. This little hamburger icon over here collapses my menu. And then here's my just a general section. So I've got like a, a welcome video that I made for them. Oh, it's been blocked from my streaming. I'm going to do my login. Username. And, you know, it just kind of shows them how to log in and use it. Then there's a discussion forum on there. And of course, the students, you know, high school students are all about some technology, supposedly. They don't want to write nothing down in no forum. I'll just tell you that. I'm pretty sure nobody's put anything in here yet but me. Yeah. But they can, you know, they can reply to it or if they had some questions. I used it for some welding inspector training I did. It worked pretty good for them. But anyway, the first module they got is the introduction to metals. I give them a video kind of talking about what they got to do. And then there's an assignment. An assignment's just set up as a text that says, take a look at the video here, answer questions there. And then number two of the assignments, using the information you came from the video, write a quiz question. Then, then they can upload their quiz question right here. I've already submitted one so I can open it back up and then that goes to me as the instructor whenever they get it done and I can give it a grade. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different ways. There's not a right way or wrong way. But again, with a, a learning management system by itself, something other than like what AWS has or, or CWB or Miller, creating content is a killer. You know, besides just managing the site creating the content can be quite a, you know, quite an adventure in and of itself, so. Well, there's my, I don't know if you guys can see that on the screen or not, but I just resubmitted it. And I got a notification that, that that assignment had been submitted. But there's, you know, making a quiz up. The good thing about the quizzes here, like in Moodle or Canvas or somewhere like that, is there are quiz banks that the book manufacturers make and sell or give to you, okay, with the quiz questions already made up that are parallel with their book. You don't have to write them. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a, powerful, a powerful tool to get, to encourage you to get set up with one of the online book systems. Um, you know, the disadvantage for me, like we use a book called Modern Welding from Goodhart Wilcox. Uh, you know, that's, it's an older book, but they set me up for free with 62 seats for my students to see that book. You know, that, and that was because, you know, because of the Corvid. 
usually it costs a lot more. But during that time, I can also download their resources. So I download their PowerPoint, for instance, when I was talking about kind of personalizing some stuff. Here is their PowerPoint, just part one of it. Hate to make y'all listen to my voice again. I'll turn the volume off. So I made this with a program Jared called Icebreaker. During the COVID-19 situation, that's so drastically affected. Look. <clears throat> of course, now I can't hear you like that. So anyway, what it does, what I did with it is I took their PowerPoint and I modified it some, took some things out that we're not going to cover or talk about, and talked about you know steel manufacturing. And I have audio that matches those slides, and then I have the narration text right here. Okay, same thing, similar to what Miller has. I made the same thing with this PowerPoint. You can do the same thing with PowerPoint to a certain extent. Uh, there's other tools out there that are free that are uh, like there's one called uh, Active Presenter that I used for quite a while. It does the same thing. It's a little more wonky. But I can go through each one of the slides. So like I, mod I modified this slide, for instance, to have a link to the video. And it opens up the you know, video showing the electric arc furnace. And I got to find my page because I got 75 tabs up there at the top. I know it's around there somewhere because I can hear it. So anyway, I can modify that PowerPoint a little bit, and then I added some quiz questions, for instance. So here's a, a mix it or a, a match question that I made up. And they just basically match the items. Oops. You got to take that blank one out of there sometime. But anyway, they can they can do that little exercise. Hit the submit button. That's all right. Says I didn't pass because I've got the passing score set at eighty percent, but I picked two of them wrong. And they can review it or just move on to the next slide. There's another thing. And there's another one. You know, they can pick a couple answers, hit submit. Boom, they're done. So that's, you know, there's, there's tools out there where you can kind of customize your learning content for your students. You know, it's not something you can do right away while all this is going on, but it is something to think about if you say, you know, if you decide after you get through all this and, hey, it was kind of nice to have this online content available. And, you know, after that, you can maybe, you know, slowly begin to develop your own. Uh, <clears throat> some of the, you know, some of the links that we've talked about in the past, for those of y'all that, that hadn't been in the past meetings, there's a website called skillscommons.org that uh, basically is a repository for a lot of content 
that was generated by basic by different grants. And I've got a link to skillscommons.org on the, the welding instructor.org links page. But anyway, I go to Skills Common. It's free, open source, digital library. Type in the word welding. So 835 items came back, so I can filter those out a little bit. So I'm gonna just go to presentations. So here's AWS electrode classification for GMAW from Kansas City, Kansas Community College. So I can dip, zip, download the zip file. It's just amazing that I can download 70 meg of stuff in just no time. Probably, I don't know, maybe y'all didn't have them little, little floppy disks when y'all was a kid or when you was a grown up. So anyway, so there's the downloaded item. There's the folder. And there's the video file. Shouldn't play on my player. Today we're going to look at electro classifications for gas. So because it was made under this TAC grant down here, they had to they had to make it public. Uh, you know, you can find any of y'all if y'all are familiar with AWS ATF program. You can find partial quality manuals and quality systems already on there. The reason I know that is because I helped a couple of them become ATFs through a TAC grant. Chattanooga State, Palm Beach, Northeast State Quality Manual. So there's a lot of resources on there that may not necessarily be, you know, ready to put to work but it doesn't take very much to do it you know so here's a word document that i've got a couple probably 100 plus hours in that's right there for anybody to to use that quality manual and download it as a, as a doc file and then change the names to protect the innocent and all that kind of stuff So I'm gonna get off of here in just a minute, but I will go ahead. We've got 28 people down here that filled out the online form. Seeing if anybody added any actual specific questions. No. Yeah, hi, Gerald. I, I don't really have any specific questions. I'm just like in an information gathering mode right now. Yeah, that's all I do. And we, uh, where uh, where I work here in Oregon, we uh, I feel so caught off guard. I mean, I didn't even have a Windows laptop or any Windows computer at my house. I'm, I'm on uh, Linux Mint. Yeah. And I don't think Zoom is capable. I didn't even try. I just had to, uh, I was rushing just to build a computer so I could work from home. Oh, yeah. Man, it's been in my professional development plan for years to go on to, uh, to go online uh, because we do use Moodle on our campus. But I just uh, got into doing everything in the classroom. You know, a lot of the lectures, most of the lectures happen in weld booths. Yep. And, That's uh, actually where I, you know, I still have classroom time, but I, the way I do mine is I try to have anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes tops, usually, of classroom time. 
every day. But last, last on, my, on my days when the students were just here for an hour and 10 minutes. But, but then I talk and, you know, when I get them alone in the booth, they get to hear the lecture again on what those four numbers mean on their electrode, you know, when we're first starting out. And I'll ask them about that kind of stuff, as opposed to me going on the AWS numbering system in here for 20 minutes, I'll tell them that there is a numbering system. Here's what it means. Draw it on the board. So, all right, we're going to go out here and burn some 6010. And then when I go by and check on them, everybody, do you remember what the E means on the 6010? You know, and that kind of stuff and, and, and do more, do more teaching that way. But being able to do it online, you know, to me kind of releases us where we can kind of flip the classroom around some and, and let them do some of the stuff on their own. You know, what I, the way I put it to my students too is, the more stuff you do online, the more time you get to spend in the shop. You know, so this has been a non-homework class forever. You know, the other instructor did not assign homework. And I don't really want to a lot, but if I can get them 15 to 20 minutes of stuff that they can log into and do on their phone really quick every day, then I can, I can narrow the classroom time down to five minutes and just say, hey, does anybody got any questions about what they did yesterday? No, nope, no questions at all. We're going to have a test on it tomorrow, so y'all be ready. Bring your laptops. And then I'll let them do the test online through Moodle, and boom, it's automatically graded. That's one of the things I can't, I can't fathom is, is manually grading a paper test. It's 2020. It's just not right. It's just, it's just crazy if you ask me. So uh, even before I, I put, put learning materials online for my students, the very first semester I was here, I put, I put all the quizzes online just so I didn't have to grade them because I got 62 students. And I just didn't want to spend that much time grading them. I typically only have 15 or 20 in a class. And so it's not that much work to grade. But I, I have worked at places where, they're, uh, where we had uh, Cengage. And when we had Cengage, I tended to not even go over homework with them. They did it online. It was between them and the computer. And we seldom really even talked about it. We still at that at that institution we spend most of our time in the shop. Yeah. I, I'm just not getting my head wrapped around uh, how to teach welding without actual welding. I, I think we're, we're only kicking the can, you know, we're deferring it until hopefully summer term or maybe in fall we can start, but without I'm really kind of afraid that we can't actually go into the shop and weld. I think they might cancel our program. I don't see, how can you, uh, it's like giving someone a driver's license without ever driving a car. I agree. And I've talked about that to myself because if this doesn't end in a few, in a month, then, then what are we going to do to plan? You know, how are we going to, if everybody's going to stay in the same mindset, then it's, it's going to change the whole dynamic in our shop as far as, like I said, I've got 25 desks in here. They're too close to each other if everybody's going to start having social distancing. Okay, my booths are not six feet apart. You know, my students have got to walk past each other to get in out of their booths. So if we stay in that same mindset, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I could see, you know. Harold? Yes, sir. Um, the booth situation, if, as long as there's a, a partition between the students, so they're not, I mean, that, that takes the place of the six feet. Yeah, and with the ventilation system going, that sucks all the uh, respiratory up in the uh, up in the ventilation system. So, um, we um, we've been able to get by with just the separations or partitions in our booth, as long as all the students are wearing their helmets, their gloves. Yeah, I mean, 
welding puts you in a situation where you're already following all of the protocols. Yeah. So yeah, that's for sure. But, but, you know, in my, in my mind, the reaction to, to what we've got going on here is, is definitely, definitely going to be hard to overcome, not necessarily the practicality of what we're doing. Right. Uh, but if, you, know, you, you got, you had to present some stuff to your, you know, administration and stuff like that. If you can, if there's any information you can forward me about what the requirements were and what, what kind of information you used to convince them that it was all right. Cause I, I really want to do something this summer with my students. And if it means I can only have three in here, then, you know, at a time that's fine. But the more, the more information that I've got to, you know, I know that you've already done all the footwork. So, so I'm asking you to help me out where I don't have to do quite as much of it. But anything that you can have to help me out to, to make an argument for, I want to have a summer welding program. I, um, I could send you what the Dean said. I could send you, um, how do I put this? Um, if, you're, if you are a sense program, there's a registered number of hours that they have to complete. They've, if you have any argument on that side of it, because I know a lot of the programs around here have a state mandated number of hours that they have. So they've, they've released us from all those requirements. Matter of fact, our, our Perkins requirements for industry certification, they've, they've released all that. So it doesn't have to be done. Really? Cause they still have it. That's one of the things we used out here is cause California has not released that. Yeah. See they, Yeah. They've, they've waived a lot of that. Um, teacher evaluations, all that stuff has been waived. Huh? Yeah. And in, in Utah, they have uh, basically said we're not held liable for the seat time this year. Well, I'm I'm more interested. Like I said, I'm not I'm not as worried about compliance with some requirements as much as you know my students that were really interested in welding. You know them coming back, them getting some extra welding time. You know because they're going to miss out on a couple months of it. And and I, you know like I said I'd I'd already previously set up a after school welding program and got release form signed by the parents and that kind of stuff to allow them to come back up till August 1st uh, you know, whatever days I was here but it, but like I said that, that any of that information that'll be good for me to for you to have if you can share you know if it's if it's morally shareable with you I'd love to love to look at some of it for sure Yeah, that's great for us. I'm up in, you know, I'm in Oregon, next door neighbor to California, and that's promising to me that if California was able to talk their way through it. I mentioned it at our meeting over spring break, and uh, I just got no traction. We all agreed, everyone in the department agreed that we couldn't teach our welding courses, or how am I going to teach welding fabrication without uh, metalworking, you know? Um, we can't really teach welding fabrication with cardboard. Rules are with tape and cardboard, it doesn't really apply. Yeah. If have you been to the FMA MFG uh, site? All of their welding fabrication uh, curriculum is free right now. Wow, I should. Uh, I saw the. I, I was at the talk on Thursday, but I never went and followed up and looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty awesome. So Gerald, I'm I'm forwarding you the exemption stuff. I've got to find it. I just moved it around on my computer. Oh. Yeah, that's that's great. Hey, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to close the meeting because I've actually got a meeting with with uh, you, Mr. Turner and Jerry. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some other things, but uh, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to do this again next week and I'll save the video and I'm just going to go ahead and put out all however many gigabytes of it it is somewhere. And uh, I can't put it on YouTube. It's too long, but I'll, I'll figure out a, a file sharing place. I can put it if anybody wants to look through it, but uh, you know, use the contact information that you've got. Uh, I've sent out some emails, you know, some, some bulk emails that have gone to everybody. So you've got some, everybody else's information. And, uh, We'll go ahead and close this if anybody's got anything. Anything specific for a minute or so we can talk about. But I I'm good. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next week. Hey, Bruce, take care, man. I appreciate you coming to hang out with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need I need this so bad. I'm really glad you're doing it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Hopefully it'll help you some and, and, and was worth your time. Yeah, we're not working. I'm not teaching this term. I got uh, – I'm supposed to uh, gonna substitute summer term for spring, and I'm just taking classes. Yeah. So they're trying to get us our teaching credential. I'm taking classes, foundations of CTE and yeah. how to teach math and science. They're kind of making us into high school teachers. And no, I'm not a high school teacher. I'm like advanced welder. Anyway, better go. You got a meeting. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> hey, Gerald, are we just going to stay on this one and have Jared uh, uh, join it? Or what are we going to do? Oh, yeah, I see Jared's on here. Uh there's a couple of folks I think that aren't that aren't part of it, so we could just we just. How about you, Lonnie? You got anything to say though? I see you there. I said we can we can just close it. We can just close it and do another one real quick. Or if you've got one, I'd yeah. I'd complete. Well, you know, you can imagine. I just let my brain kind of wander into my own little world. And I'll just I'll send you and Jared a. Um, I'll start one and just send you the info. Okay. I got to go make my bladder gladder anyway. All right. See you in about 10. All right. But hey, I appreciate all y'all coming. Uh, if you guys had something else that you needed to chat about, definitely put it in the chat box and I'll try to get back in touch with you. And uh, I really appreciate y'all coming to hang out with me for sure. Dan, Lonnie, y'all have a good day. I'm fixing to close her down. <laughs>